This is Earl Hebner. I listen to the Rough House with Andy and Jefferson. Behold, a podcast for the ages. Recorded live from the interdimensional terror vortex of their subterranean dwellings comes the Rough House Podcast version 3.0. Two galactic warriors put down their war hammers and battle axes to perform a more noble task. Complaining about professional wrestling on internet purchased microphones. Now with more Simpsons references and Kota Ibushi thirst. This is the Rough House Podcast with Marty and Christoph. Hello everybody, welcome to the Rough House Podcast. <laughs> episode number 330 for July 2nd, 2023. Hello, I am Marty. Hi, I'm um, Christoph here. Is it 331? Uh, it might be 331. You know what? I don't know. We did the one last week and I put it out on the free as a preview for oh, the soapbox. Oh. So, so I think so that counted as that 331. Counted as 330. All right. So this might yeah, be 331. It's a number. It's um, a show. It's, it's this a show. is a show it's a number. with two guys and yeah. it's a number of a show. We've been doing it for fucking ever. Yes. And, That's uh, really what's important. A lot <laughs> of episodes. When when we look back in the, the annals of history, will be important. Uh, the is how, Yes. The annals yes. of history. Uh, yes. Thank it will be important is the number of podcast episodes one recorded. That's yes. That's yeah, how... I want to roll my tombstone. I yeah. need a, a cumulative uh, combination list of all three versions of the Rough House podcast that I've done. And didn't you uh, also do uh, on, uh, when you were at Night yes. Rock? Was it Geek and Havoc or something? I did. Like I that? had Geek and Havoc that was maybe a dozen episodes. Yeah. Uh, and then I also produced and was um, occasionally on the Fighting Ungers podcast back oh, yeah, in the day yeah, yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I've uh, I've I've man, see that now that I'm now that I'm thinking about the number of hours spent on podcasting over my past fifteen years, yeah. now I get super depressed. Why? What, what do I what do I have the show for it? Uh, I mean. Your giant head has been on at least one, if not multiple, wrestling pay per views. Okay, all right, that's fair. So you got that going uh, for you, which is which nice. Is nice. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Carl Spackler. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't need to get existential here. It's too early in the morning for that shit. <laughs> also, it's uh, a four day weekend. Come on, let's let's enjoy it. Let's well, for enjoy. some people, some people. Well, yeah, that's true. Tomorrow. Some some people do have to work on Monday. Such as my wife. Yeah, uh, which is just like, yeah. <laughs> me too. I'm not his <laughs> oh. wife, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I, I have to work as well. <laughs> oh, you do? Oh, no shit. I I, I, do. I assumed okay. poorly that uh, your your vocation would be closed. On uh, I mean, well. yeah, social security might be closed. It doesn't mean my uh, my company is. Ah, gotcha. let's just say I have to work on Monday. <laughs> uh, you, to... you will be celebrating America appropriately. <laughs> yeah, I have to log in on Monday yes. and answer a couple of emails throughout the day yeah. uh, and, and maybe play a couple hours of Spider-Man on PS4. Thank you, by the way. Oh, hey, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> it's been a little bit since we've been on. Uh, a, a huge pay-per-view. Sorry, two huge pay-per-views have occurred. Well, since... I we, guess we last spoke in, I mean, there were a shit ton of people in London last night or yes. Well, last night for them yesterday afternoon for us. There's always a shit ton of people in London. What's, <laughs> what's new with that? that? It's a heavily populated city, Marty. I don't Fair. <laughs> teaching geography Fair. here on the geography uh, house. But I'm, I'm going to start the episode, <laughs> start the episode <laughs> on a slight downer. Uh, if, if just because, oh. uh, this week, uh, Darren Drozdoff, AKA draws passed away at 54 years old. Um, <laughs> 
I don't know if you remember draws very well, Chris. Uh, sure. Yeah. No. 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 I remember the uh, he had a he, he had the the bad facial hair and the kilt sort of thing. Uh, he was aggressively a, late nineties. Yes. A proto headbanger, or was a post headbanger? Post headbanger. Post yeah. headbanger. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he was uh, known as not just draws, but also puke because yes of uh, his claim to fame, which was when he was in the NFL, he played during right. a Monday Night Football game. And vomited profusely. Yeah. On uh, uh, as one does. Yeah. Uh, during the game. Um, sure. Was that parent- the, I, I want to imagine. Sorry. I, uh, no, it's going to happen all morning. Uh, I want to imagine it was the Dennis Miller era of uh, of. Uh, <laughs> hey, Chachi, why hey, is babe. this guy puking? Hey, this guy's uh, this guy's up chucking, Chuck. What's happening here, babe? What's going on? What's not, what's happening? <laughs> I've been working on my Dennis Miller. I, I love it. I <laughs> it's, love it. I mean, it's it's a very, very obscure callback to a very specific era of at least our lives. I don't even know if all of our listeners, all 10 of you, were alive at that period. But yes. come on, babe. Come on, babe. Um, yeah, before 9-11 broke Dennis Miller, no less. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so he was in the NFL, uh, became known for vomiting during games, mm-hmm. and then found himself uh, in the wrestling world, where uh, they decided, all right, this gentleman's gimmick is that he pukes. And if you've never seen the wrestling documentary Beyond the Mat, which, I have. Uh, which I'm, I'm sure, Chris, you have, but if yes. you, dear listener, have not seen it, um, among the many memorable moments in the documentary is Draz's meeting at Titan Towers to sign to WWE. Huh. And, it's been a long time since I've seen it. So, and in that meeting, yeah, Vince asks him. So, well, sorry, I should I should preface. Vince does an interview talking about the WWE or WWF at the time. Okay, where he appears to at one point, I shit you not, chew water he's drinking. No ice. No ice. Just smooth water. Yeah. Just drink it straight from a bottle, clearly chewing. Um, 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 that's how he keeps his jest. You want a jawline you like know Vince what? McMahon? That's how you do it, that buddy. Might chew be your it. fucking water. But <laughs> they sign all the paperwork and Vince goes, well, you know, uh, there's, there's just one more thing we, we, we need you to see. And he slides from behind the desk, reaches underneath the desk and pulls out his trash can. Because he wants Draws to puke on command in the meeting. And while awaiting this, Mm -hmm. Vince tries out how he's going to uh, talk about it on commentary. Oh, so I would not remember this. So there's, there's Draws, you know, dry heaving, trying to to produce something. And Vince is just going, he's got to, he's got to, he's got to puke. He's got to puke. While he's waiting for this guy to vomit. Now, Draws gets, I guess, shy tummy and does not actually vom. But the image of a multi-million, soon multi-billionaire yelling at his new employee to puke for him on command is one of the most lasting images in a documentary filled with lasting images i mean it's a carny business you yeah. know whether no it's doubt. at the flea market or in titan towers it's the carny fucking business and yeah. uh you know this McMahon might have some nice power suits and uh some uh uh big coffers in the bank account but he's still a carny uh, no doubt um he went on later to be a part of lod 2000 
uh, as the was, third wasn't member. Sunny the uh, manager of them Sunny for a hot was sec? the manager, and then when she started to have one of her many bouts of troubles, yeah. uh, they replaced uh, a manager with a third member. This being Draws, because uh, it was Animal. Who was the who was the the Hawk substitute? Oh, it's still oh. Hawk. So it was oh, Hawk. he wasn't dead. He was alive at that point. Yeah, uh, it was Hawk, Animal, and Draws. Gotcha. Uh, this was where they did the uh, Hawk fake suicide uh, uh, gimmick, okay. where he was all messed up on some drug. It might mm. Maybe he was drinking, but he's on top of the Titantron and he falls. And that was yeah. like a cliffhanger for Raw for the week. Um, we need more cliffhangers on pro wrestling shows. <laughs> I want to put that out there. It's been a while. It's been a I while. I mean, you know, a good pull through. You know, you want people to tune in on a rampage. All right. Yeah. You know, Tony, listen in here. Um, you know, just get, uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Something stupid. Jungle Boy getting run over by a car or something. <laughs> After this week, Jungle Boy needs something, which we'll talk about. Well, I not not. I will say there's one thing Jungle Boy is good at is diving headfirst into oh my uh, back seats of cars. Because that like, was, again, again, we're, we're cart before the horse. We will get there. But Draws yeah, uh, later uh, teamed with. Uh, uh, the man then known as Prince Albert. So that's oh, yeah. how he came into the WWE. He was uh, draws his personal body piercing artist. Yeah, that tracks. Uh, but then during a SmackDown taping on a uh, house or on a dark match, rather um, D'Lo Brown uh, and he had a match one-on-one uh, D'Lo Brown went to do his running power bomb he was not able to get the proper grip on it and draws fell on his head, paralyzing yeah. himself. So this, yeah. this is really the legacy that draws has yeah. having been, you know, this traumatic in ring injury in, in WWE history. Um, he ended up being a part of the company uh, for many years following. Well, um, I well, mean, <laughs> employed by the company. Let's put it. Yeah, that way. yeah, yeah. If I'm Vince McMahon, I'm not uh, sending him his papers when he, you know, yeah. that he can't even sign. Yeah, um, but then uh, eventually he uh, left the business, uh, and uh, he ended up uh, passing away on June 30th. Was it? Was there an acute? issue or was it just the cumulative uh, of his you know life lived i i believe it was the cumulative because he required 24-hour okay. in-home care he sure, well, yeah. take all sort of medications because his body was in a permanent state of rest right um so i imagine it just was uh you know a a, a point of you know 54 may have just been a long time for someone who i've lived who has to have lived, lived that, that life, life. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 um, but definitely a, a memorable name uh, in WWE history for an unfortunate reason. But uh, again, if I'm going to remember anything out of his run, it's going to be Vince McMahon screaming about him puking in his office. So. Yeah, because, you know, if Vince McMahon's lasting legacy is anything, it's, you know, when thinking about somebody else, you think about Vince McMahon. <laughs> Unfortunately, that, you know, that's very true. And there was a moment uh, yesterday at Money in the Bank where it looks like, yep, they're back to their old bullshit. So we'll we'll get through just, that. Too. Just a moment? Uh, what well, One key moment okay, that I want to talk right, about. So but before you. anything else, let's go <sighs> ahead and dig into Forbidden Door, which was this past Sunday in Toronto, Canada. Uh I have to say, Chris, the yeah, the, the 2022 edition of Forbidden Door. <laughs> the 2020 it's a podcast. Yes, of course. I, I I will need to talk. You're right. Um, the 2022 edition of Forbidden yes. Door uh-huh. on paper 
looked like kind of a mess of a show. There were a lot of injuries heading into it. It was a lot yes. of multi-man tags. Really, the only dream matches were uh, Orange Cassidy versus Will Ospreay, which at the time was just sort of, okay, I guess we're doing that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we had uh, Mox versus Tanahashi, which was uh, a, a rushed main event to find an interim champion because it was supposed yeah. to be CM Punk and then he jumped into the crowd like a dingus and broke his ankle. Well, um, it do be a dingus. Or foot, rather. Uh, this time, we had a card that could have been sold on literally the double main event and nothing yeah. else. 100%. It essentially was. Yes. Uh, <laughs> most of those matches weren't announced like a week or two at a time. Right. And some of the matches definitely punched above their weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think in retrospect, you know, wa- looking at this a week later, while one of those matches most certainly is one of the best matches of the year, if not one of the best matches of all time, uh, one of those matches, while very good, fell devastatingly short. Uh, yeah. And and really, at least for me, kind of put a damper on the evening. Granted, as you and I were talking about earlier this week, it was like at almost midnight at the end of five hours of television. Yeah. So yeah. I might have just been tapped out and need to give it another spin. But it was a fun night, uh, as one would expect, up to and including zero hour. Yeah, um, we had uh, the uh, the team of Swerve Strickland, Brian Cage, and the Gates of Agony, which of course is Bishop Khan and Taya Leone. Yeah, they went against the Chaos group of Rocky Romero, Chuck Taylor, Trent Beretta, and for some reason, El Desperado. I mean, they tried so hard to get Despy on this uh, on this show, and you're like, well, well, well. I think the only reason was. Just to do the hug maker pose with him. Yes. That was the exact reason to put him yeah, in that match. The, the and lone reason to do it. You know what? Mission accomplished because it was fucking great. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it, it was uh, a fun moment in a very fun match. The the mogul <laughs> embassy group definitely starting to gel and, and figure things out, which is yeah. uh, raising the tide of uh, Khan, Leone, and uh, Cage. Yeah, old Taya Leone really getting her work in. Right. Uh, yeah. Swerve, though, I still gotta say, just fucking push him to the moon. He's ready. He's ready. He's, he's right there. He was ready when he, he was ready day one. Alright, let's be honest. True. And, yeah, it's, it's very shocking to me his lack of single success so far. Uh, and now fucking going back to the well again with him and Keith Lee. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, let it die. Yeah. This, <laughs> this whole blind draw tournament thing, uh, is, is kind of a wreck, um, which, which we will undoubtedly get into as the zero hour continued. We had, uh, in, uh, a, a first round match of the Owen Hart tournament. It was, Athena against Billy Starks. I guess Billy is officially signed, by the way, because she got merch this week. Oh, well, yeah, that, that's a that's a good indicator. I don't remember an all elite graphic, but, um, yeah. you know, she just graduated high school. So yes, uh, as valedictorian, which. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. Which makes her. me kind of wonder, considering she gets dropped on her head for a living how bad the rest <laughs> of the students were. <laughs> I mean, hey, game respect game. Being valedictorian undoubtedly is a is a very very big thing, but sure, come yeah. on, you you decide on weekends to travel around the world and land on your head. So. Yeah, well, you know, it's good that she got that uh, whole schooling thing out of the way early, so now she can you know get dropped on her head full time. Exactly. Uh, 
as we just come out of a draw we are sensitive yes incredibly sensitive and most sensitive in this match was athena who decided to beat the piss out of billy starks uh i mean i, th- I think yeah. starks actually legit got her wind knocked out at some point in this match yeah uh because the first half was a, definitely a lot snappier than the second half she took a, i think a kick to the ribs that yeah. really just knocked her on her ass yeah Athena, um, not one to uh, to really pull back these no, days. No, no. So, I, I kind of like, her I hate everyone, especially you, uh, Athena. That, that yeah, is a, that's, that work, is that's a, working. It's, it's working well. Uh, it's definitely a nice change from, you guys, I'm a werewolf. <laughs> Look at these metal wings I put together. I soldered them myself in between rounds of Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> which we both play so it's fine. yeah but you know, i'm also not trying to portray myself as a badass on national television no just on a podcast <laughs> and you're very successful i'm intimidated by you uh, why do you think we record remotely <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid to be in the same room as you no it's because we live like 35 minutes away from each other now so 35 maybe yeah. not how i drive <laughs> <laughs> but still it's a it's a bit of a bit of a hike Continuing on, we had El Phantasmo defeating Stu Grayson. Uh, I miss that Stu Grayson is totally not a Dark Order member. Um, and he apparently has his own um, faction in Ring of Honor, so good for you. Yeah. Uh, well, he's part of the whole Vincent crew now, but uh, okay. it, it seems like he's actually the leader of it, which is weird. Um, and ELP, uh, super over, which makes sense because they're in Canada. Sure. But, uh, you know, this was a very, very last minute edition. I think they didn't even talk about it until Saturday. That, yeah. Uh, ELP was going to be on the card. I, I don't I don't hate it. I didn't hate the match. No, it was, it was a fine. fun match. Uh, um, you know, nothing. I can't remember a single spot that happened in it, but I remember watching and be like, OK, yeah, that happens. Yeah. Um, then we had basically the road to special as it was the LIJ trio of Shingo, Hiromu Takahashi, and Bushi against the United Empire trio of Kyle Fletcher, Jeff Cobb, and TJP. I thought for sure, especially because he came out wearing a t-shirt, that Bushi was going to take the fall. <laughs> I mean, anytime you see Bushi, you expect him to take the fall. True, that's, his, but, that's the reason he's employed. But then more than ever, because it's like, oh, we got t-shirt Bushi. Yeah, yeah. And I was... You know, well, even at the beginning of the match and then again at the end, um, I was just just flabbergasted as to how they couldn't get something for Shingo Takagi on the main show. It was just very, very personally disappointing. Uh, Same with Hiromu. They both had done subsequent interviews this week with Tokyo Sports talking about like, you know, it was really cool to go over there, but I would have loved to have been on that main show against anyone. Yeah, (laughs) it's 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 disappointing. I mean, I, I understand there's a lot of. A lot of great talent in New Japan and a lot of, uh, you know, only so many holes to to fill them into on a pay-per-view. But, you know, you got to I don't know. I I, I take it personally because I fucking love Shingo and he's, you know, hopefully he showed a lot of new people how awesome he is. And same with Hiromu in a very Hiromu guy. Yeah, I love Hiromu, too. But, you know, I just on paper, you know. Darby's right there, and Darby Hiromu is a dream match. Oh my god, yeah. Uh, yeah. And Shingo against God, two thirds of the AEW roster would be amazing. I know. 
I, um, I mean, I know obviously Kenny was was tied up, but a dream match for me yeah. is a current version of Kenny Omega and Shingo Takagi. That's that, just that would be unreal. Hell, and obviously Penta as well. Yes, uh, I would say adding to that Cesaro against Shingo. Oh, or, yeah. Sorry, Claudio. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's back by his normal name now. And Mox too. Oh uh, yeah, that would yeah. be a shit kicking affair right there. Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, yeah. Basically, last, though. They're on the pre-show and literally doing a match that they've probably done 20 other times. Definitely going through the motions there. Yeah. But hey, we got to watch TJP get dropped on his head. So there we go. It's reference three. Again, all the head drops. Uh, You know what? Maybe the safety police on Twitter while it was still up had a great point this week uh with the whole tiger driver thing yeah which which we'll get into but yeah. you won't be able to see us tweet about it um <laughs> which reminds me how how are we gonna do Reasons. this whole um i don't know <laughs> we'll I don't figure know. that we'll out figure uh, something out and it's even more egregious when you think about and recognize the fact that originally supposed to be on this show and pulled at the very last minute was tom lawler versus adam cole right I'm pro Filthy Tom. He's he's a good hand. Sure. I thought it was cool that he was getting this moment in the sun in AEW. Uh, and we talked about it in the Schlegel Soapbox last week that, you know, this would be an opportunity for him to show up and show out. But Cole got sick and couldn't be on yeah. the show. So a little tummy ache. Yeah. So they, they pulled Lawler completely uh, from the pay-per-view. He ended up doing a pre-even zero-hour match against Serpentico, who oh. I'm sure was like, hell yeah, I get to be on a pay-per-view-ish. Ish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The darkest of matches. Right. Right. Uh, so definitely a bummer. Uh, but again, if you're going to have Tom Lawler on the main show, why is Shingo, why is Hiromu on this yeah. pre-show? Doesn't make any sense. Hell, why not even have had Shingo in for uh, Shingo and Cole? I'd watch that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. I mean, it probably wouldn't do uh, Adam Cole's head any favors. <laughs> yeah. Uh, true. With all those uh, pumping bombers and, and made in Japan and whatnot. But or as I even saw some people, if they needed to do Tom Lawler, was Roddy in town? Could they have just done Tom Lawler and Roddy as a random make good? Like <laughs> that's that's like Scott Pilgrim versus Nega Scott right there. <laughs> <laughs> true. What's true. up, generic white guy? I know. <laughs> God, MJF has been on fire this week. Yeah. Again, something we we'll, will talk yeah, about. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. We're, um, the pay-per-view proper kicked off with MJF defeating Hiroshi Tanahashi, retaining the AEW world title. This was a much better match than Tanahashi had with Swerve on the night before, which yeah. was just a, a full disappointment, if, if I'm going to be honest. On paper, you know, if, if it was Tanahashi even of two, three years ago against Swerve, like, could have been an all-timer. Yeah. I am acutely aware now more than ever that Tanahashi's time is, if not up, dangerously close to being up. Yeah, I mean, just <clears throat> for his own, you know, uh, future ability to walk, he needs to yeah. <laughs> just just pull back a bit. You know, he can still show up, strum a little air guitar, you know, cut a promo, hype up the John Cena role. Right. I mean, there's right. been a ton of comparisons between the two of them throughout their careers, yeah. uh, more so in recent years. But yeah, just he, he popped up yesterday in in, uh, in in London just to hype up the crowd and you know do a finisher on uh, some schmuck. You yeah, know, that's uh, Grayson that's the, Waller. Yeah, whoever. I didn't even, <laughs> some guy. Uh, I but heard of. 
at the same time, for as much as the match on Saturday disappointed, this was exactly what it needed to be. This was yeah. all of the Memphis old school wrestling tropes. Like if yeah. I found out after the fact that Jeff Jarrett agented this match, would make 100% sense. <laughs> yeah, all the all the heel shortcuts and yeah. and things like that, which MDF does really well and and, and uh, most of his other matches to be fair. True. Uh but yeah, they, they worked around um Tana's knees. Yeah. The, <laughs> uh, although they uh Max definitely took the moment to point out the knees uh, yeah. doing his his impression of uh Tana's ability to walk currently. Yeah. Um who do you think uh hypothetical yeah. here? Uh, if we had a uh, you know a foot race around a normal track uh, between Matt Hardy and uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi <laughs> today, who do you think's who do you think's winning, and how long will it take to get? Who do do I think is winning? The nearest yeah. urgent care. <laughs> uh, they they are going guy. to be the real winner in the yeah. end. <laughs> we need orthopedists in here, stats. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yes, MJF wins that one, and it takes us to another Owen Hart tournament match as CM Punk went against Satoshi Kojima. A match memorable for two key reasons. One, Titties. the Toronto crowd hated them some CM Punk. Yeah, cheers. Uh, which well done. You know what? <laughs> I Punk loved it. You could tell he did. No, he was one hundred percent leaning into it. But perhaps more importantly, Satoshi Kojima absolutely beamed Punk in the doink with an elbow. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, he did. And the the move itself was was great. But Kojima's tweet the following day: my elbow hit his cock. <laughs> <laughs> Like I it, thought this was actually a really good match. On paper, it I was, was like, why we were we were talking about it last week. I don't know why this is happening. Um, and, and they gave some decent backstory on commentary talking about how uh, Kojima actually went to Stampede for his excursion and therefore mm. trained at the Heart Dungeon and, and all that. But I was still just kind of bewildered of all people why Kojima – excuse me, against Punk in, in his first singles match back in AEW. Yeah, uh, I, I I don't know. But yeah, it, was, it punched above his pay grade. Yeah. Uh, it was entertaining. You know, Kojima did the old man power spots and popped his pecs. And, um, you know, it was it was it was fun. Yeah. Uh, I didn't I didn't hate it again. You know, would there have been a couple other people in that place? I would have rather seen. Sure. sure. But, uh, you know, they got the 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 bus of the retirement home was leaving early. So they had to get the dads uh, matches yeah. out out of the way early. All New Japan dads had, to, had yeah. to be back in time for the continental breakfast. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 The <laughs> glass of warm milk was served at 9 p.m. So they had to be back <laughs> in time for that. <laughs> then we had the four way for the AEW International Championship and shock of shocks. Orange Cassidy ended up retaining. Yeah, title. I was thinking we'd get a shock, uh, shock upset there. Yeah, uh, my money was on ZSJ, uh, and it still may end up being him who dethrones OC because it looks like this feud must continue. Yes, uh, Garcia was awesome in this match. I mean, all four oh guys were God. awesome in this match. Uh, the- Garcia's at another level right now with his doofy heelishness. He's just like it's hysterical. I don't know. Justin hates him, but yeah. it's so stupid. Yeah, but. The the timing of everything stupid that he does yeah. and just the level of performance of it is is just spot on. Like you couldn't ask for I mean he, he 
he's got the look. He, he just yeah. looks like a he looks like an asshole. Yeah. He acts like an asshole. Yeah. It's just like the perfect. Um, I don't know. It, it's just it's just to a T. And you know the arms up and the stupid dancing and everything yeah. together. Like him trying to get into the uh, the OC and uh, Shibata or was it OC? No, ZSJ and Shibata. Yeah. And they kept just face palming him out of the way. And he mm-hmm. keeps coming back like that. That's that's how you do uh, you know comedy in in a match like that. Right. And this match definitely was was one of the highlights of the night. I had it as my personal second favorite of the night. Same. same. Um, I I think, by the way, Garcia is if Channing Tatum in 21 Jump Street was a pro wrestler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where Daniel Garcia is right now. Jenko Garcia. Let's go. (laughs) We had the IWGP heavyweight title match between Sonata and Jungle Boy Jack Perry, which unfortunately will be better known for the angle after the match than the match itself. Yeah. I thought the match was fine. I mean, technically sound. Sure. Yeah. That wasn't really a lot of heat or or anything. Sonata, you know, came out looking like a star and the champion and everything, uh, which is good. Hit the Keiji Mudo moonsault for the finish because he was, of course, trained by Mudo. So, you know, they were tying that legacy in together. But, like, for a match where – and I know Justin was complaining about it last week, rightfully so – but the story, because they even brought it up on commentary, was this idea of, like, these guys have never seen each other and and yeah. have no mutual respect. Like, I didn't feel any hate at all in this. Well, well, also, it was rendered to be incorrect because Jungle Boy knew the skull end and tried right. the skull end a couple times. Right. So you basically vetoed the story you were telling leading up to the match in the match, which, okay, sure. Yeah. Um, but Sonata ends up winning. Uh, post-match, though... Uh, Jack Perry is on his way back up the ramp. Uh, Hook comes out because, of course, they're buddies. He, well, he was out the whole time. Uh, well, yeah, that's true. Uh, but he holds up uh, Jack's hand. Jack takes a moment and clotheslines him down yeah. onto the stage as the Toronto crowd chants, you fucked up. Yeah. Which, uh, well done, Toronto. Yeah. It, it was funny because watching the replay, you can see Hook standing there with his jaw clenched, just waiting for it, waiting for it, waiting for it. And then it happens. Yeah. And which, and he sold it great. And yeah. um, and Taz, I think, sold it even better. Yeah. Uh, on commentary. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that he got so flustered, he had to leave the booth after that match. I was like, Mwah. and what a great transition to get Taz out of the booth. And replace him with Tony Schiavone. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I presume that was the plan to not sure. have, you know, Taz there the whole time. So they yeah. built up this great kayfabe reason why yeah. he wouldn't be at the booth. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what Hook does here. But if Wednesday night is any indication, I'm not sure about Jack Perry as a heel. Uh, uh, just as sure I wasn't Jack sure Perry about Jack all. Perry as a face yeah. in recent weeks. <laughs> we had the Elite and Eddie Kingston and Tomohiro Ishii against uh, Blackpool Combat Club, Kanasuke Tsukashita, and Shota Amino in a 10-man tag. The Elite ends up winning, but this was just incredible. Uh, between the storytelling of Kingston wanting to beat the piss out of everyone in the Blackpool Combat Club except for his buddy Mox, right? Yeah. To uh, the the first time ever, Ishi and Takeshita being ring against each other, Ooh, where the Toronto crowd got to see live what in a grumpy uh, Labrador Retriever would look like if it tried to fight a fire hydrant. 
Like this was just a great match. Really, the only downside was I know Shota was right there, but I can't tell you a damn thing he did. Uh, wow. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He was there. <laughs> he certainly was. This was just one of those. What this thing probably went twelve fifteen. Yeah, if, yeah, you know, if that, and it was pretty much nonstop. It was like a uh, a human traffic jam demolition derby type thing because everybody was running all over the place. There was all kinds of flippy news and it was it was a, a sprint for pretty much those entire 12 minutes 12 to 15 to get everybody in right. except for shoda uh and get their <laughs> get their shit in but you you wove in a bunch of different stories like you said it was uh, in terms of entertainment factor this was this was high up there yeah yeah just just a great time and um you know another great match between these two groups and yeah. a line of great matches between these two groups yeah although it sounds like we're getting the blow off uh later this month yeah. Um, Tony Storm defeated Willow Nightingale to retain the AW Women's title. This was fine. Definitely the most, hey, this could have been on Rampage match of the night. Uh, true, true. I kind of wish, you know, and it was brought up in the um, post, uh, the, the post show scrum, which Tony's not very good at those, Tony Storm. She tries, and, and I, yeah. but you could tell she's trying. Yeah, is, yeah, is yeah, the yeah. issue. Yeah, she's trying to be the the put off champ, mean girl type thing, and it's it's very put on. Uh, it's not very organic. But somebody brought up, you know, the fact that you know Julia uh, from Stardom has mentioned her wanting a mm-hmm. wanting a match, like you know, without a minute of build, if she would have come out and fought Tony Storm, I would have been a hundred percent into it. Unfortunately, there was a Stardom pay per view. Oh, is that what Sunday it was? As well, gotcha. Um, so that's why no one from Stardom was able to make the flight over. And I, I guess see. the idea of having the NJPW Strong Women's Champion against the AEW Women's Champion was like the second best idea. Yeah, they I guess. Really desperately at this point need to get Stardom in the mix yeah. of these shows, even if it's just a singular match with a sure. singular woman. It's time. Yeah, uh, because, you know, this is the second year in the row where it's like, well, there's a women's match, but it's people you've already seen from AEW. Yeah, like, I don't even remember what it was last, last, last year. Last year was uh, Tony and Thunder Rosa, if I remember correctly. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Then we had an absolutely incredible match. Will Ospreay defeating Kenny Omega to win the IWGP United States Championship. Oh, boy. This is... For 2023, going to be the match people talk about alongside the first match they had on January 4th at yeah, that's Russell right. Kingdom. Technically both in this year. Yeah. And th- the discussion is going to be which one is better. And Well, well and then if we get the third, there's going to be that yeah, one too. Yeah, because so. it certainly sounds like th- that's yeah. where they're going. But uh, – what what I said to you after the match happened is is very much where I sit with it, which is if you are a fan more of a pure pro wrestling match, something in the vein of the New Japan main event style where it's about, you know, fighting physical, spirits and dominance. Uh, yeah, physical dominance, fighting spirit, all of that. The January 4th match is your match. Yeah. But if you like American pro wrestling style storytelling, shenanigans yeah you know uh, uh pageantry objects yeah this is the match for you they're yeah. both great though yes because simply put kenny omega is the best guy of his generation i believe yeah and will osprey might be 
the best physical performer of his generation. I'm not going to give yeah. him, you know, the the full credit on the mic because when he talks, he, you know, still doesn't know how to piece things together. And also, he needed the word echelon explained to him in the press <laughs> conference afterwards. I mean, uh, nobody ever accused him of being a genius. Let's, no. let's put it that way. But he no. also has a, he does have a learning disability as well. So it's you, you know, know what? fair, fair. <laughs> I, I will I will pull the the foot off the gas on that one. Yeah, but no, I definitely understand what you're saying. Yeah, he's he's remarkable. Uh, and this match had a little bit of everything. Uh, yeah. Whether it was callbacks to the first match, callbacks to matches each one of them had with Sayo Kata, callbacks yeah. to fucking Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. <laughs> like yeah. there was a little bit of everything in this match, and uh, had some of the craziest spots I've ever seen. I never thought I would see a Tiger Driver 91 again. The Tiger Driver 91 For good reason. was a botch, period. Yeah. Yeah. Masala went to do the Tiger Driver on Kawada, and he, you know, his arms gave up a little early, and boom, Kawada went on top of his neck, and that was yeah. it. Now, I will say it was pretty funny to see a lot of people on Twitter, RIP to Twitter, a lot of people on Twitter talk this week about, you know, oh, well, we saw what happened to the guy who took the tiger driver 91. Kawada's alive folks. Masawa's <laughs> <Like, laughs> the one around. Masawa's the one who did the move yeah. and later died because of cumulative neck trauma. Sure. So if we're pointing a finger at that move in particular, there's a dude that's totally alive and doing fine as an yeah. awesome restaurant in Japan who would like to be like, <laughs> I, hey. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> stop. Yeah, yeah, stop yeah. clutching your pearls for me. I'm also sure he wouldn't recommend people do that as well. Sure. Sure. And <laughs> no, I'm not, I will I'm say Tony allowed it or if that was a ask for forgiveness instead of permission sort of thing between sure. those two. Um, there was another like crowd shot angle of it that was going around and you could see that Kenny landed more on his shoulders than his head. Oh really? Because the angle that they they put on yeah, there definitely right on top it looked worse than the original one. Yeah, um, but I mean, dude was not only able to take that; he was able to do the greatest kick out at one in history. I, yeah, I think it's definitely <laughs> definitely number one because yeah. I I about jumped off the couch at yeah. Derek's house when that shit happened because uh, I was like, oh shit, he's gonna beat him with his own move. That's a great way to get into the third round. Oh fuck, he <laughs> kicked out. What are you fucking kidding me? If you uh, had have not seen it, I highly recommend finding the clip of the Japanese commentary. El Desperado ended yeah. up doing the Japanese commentary because he's been doing like the dub overs of of Dynamite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, his level of joy, I think, on that kick out at one, if it weren't for the fact he was wearing a headset that was plugged in, he would have literally done like three laps around the <laughs> ring with how hyped he was on that. that Mega hyped. Yeah. As well as pretty much everybody with a soul who or a pulse who was uh, who was watching the show because that was and the, the entire like I don't think I've seen an entire arena stand up on a kick out like that before like everybody lost their fucking minds yeah uh just you know it got six stars this week in the observer newsletter i'm not a star guy but yeah i mean yeah <laughs> like yeah. this max this, max stars whichever yes. year whatever your threshold is yeah uh this <laughs> this was incredible and if the promo on dynamite on wednesday uh it was any indication we're getting round three in wembley yeah and uh i can't wait to see what they do uh, just awesome work. From yeah, yeah, yeah. Two of the best ever. Period. 
Yeah. Um, then we had the six man tag between Darby Allen, Sting, and Totsuya Naito against Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and Minoru Suzuki. And if I'm Tony Khan and I see Naito, who they gave a big time, big time debut yeah. on Collision, they made him seem like, you know, king shit of fuck mountain. Yeah. Uh, and Jericho acted like he saw a ghost. Yeah. So Naito comes out. One of the biggest pops of the night because sure. he wasn't part of Forbidden Door last year. And hey, it's cool that he's here. Yeah. Nido takes off his gear, leaves that t shirt on. <laughs> We're getting house show, Nido boys. <laughs> like, look, I, can't I saw that this. shirt stay on and I went, all right. <laughs> yeah. I, I can run to the bathroom real quick. Yeah. I know the level that this match is going to be at. He didn't even do the Destino. I've got fucking Kevin Kelly at the desk and we got no Destino. No, that's true. But I'm not going to pin the lacklusterness of this match on Naito. No. Singularly. No. Uh, it was, this was kind of a, I mean, obviously any match in this spot is going to wet fart after what we had just seen. Um, So it makes sense to put a sting and a Jericho and a Nido and Darby in there for that. But it just, it, it, it was, it was like kind of clunky. It was, it just didn't, there was not a lot of flow to it. I mean, you know, the one good thing that came out of it was the the pose of uh, Jericho, Guevara, and Suzuki. Was that that was on the pay per view, right? That was it was on, on the pay per view, but they did it the Wednesday before. They did well. it before. Okay, so. all right, yeah, but but yeah. I can see why they felt like they needed to run it back in a different format on Dynamite this week because there wasn't a lot of there there for this. And, and yeah, again, the crowd was totally spent after Omega Osprey. Sure. Yeah. So I can see why there wasn't, you know, that, that extra juice to this match. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall very weird. Uh, and it being right before the main event and also going on at like 11 o'clock at night. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> all right, fine. So yeah. main event was Brian Danielson versus Kazuchika Okada. Danielson comes out. A, he has the MMA braids for some reason. Don't yeah. know why that's a thing, but uh, uh. I, I, I didn't. I didn't care for the look. <laughs> but he finally comes out to the final countdown by Europe. Yeah, which apparently cost a whole bucket of money. <laughs> yeah, for a one-time use. <laughs> yes, uh, but they're getting they're getting their mileage out of it because they played it. You know, sure. on the on the recap on Wednesday. Yeah. Um. And when that music hit, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is the American fucking dragon that Okada's about to go against. Yeah. Okada comes out, and you can tell very early on, this is smug prick Okada that we're getting. Yes. Yeah, Which, yeah, yeah. for my is money. the best Okada. Yeah, the best Okada. A hundred percent, yeah. But Okada came out looking like a million bucks. Big pop for the coin oh, yeah. drop, you know, the the music and everything. So The, you know, the money but, was flying everywhere. Yeah. Like, he, he looked like... One of the greatest stars of all time, uh, which, which he is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, especially if we contrast that to his run in on Dynamite the week before last year's Forbidden Door uh-huh. and even his presentation at last year's Forbidden Door, like it was a world of difference. Yeah. yeah. Um, they listen. So they had their match. It was very, very good. Yeah. But at a point, it started to lose me. And as we found out later, there was there was a reason for it. Sure, yeah. So about halfway through the bout, they go out to the floor. There's a, uh, I think it was a, was it a pile driver on the floor by Okada to Danielson? 
it was that caused the injury. Well, that wasn't what caused the oh, injury. Oh, oh. Uh, it was an elbow drop that did that. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's what I was but I'm, I'm trying to, Oh, it was a tombstone. He did the tombstone on the, on uh, the ramp, on the ramp. Yeah. And he's putting Brian back into the ring and Brian starts doing a seizure cell. Oh yeah. 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 And I know Danielson really likes having fun with <laughs> the right. audience knowing his injury history. Like there's, there's kind of a like fucked up twisted uh, uh, magician uh, vibe to him. Yeah. Yeah. He's got where, that little wry devilish smile whenever he talks about it. He's like, I yeah. got these fuckers. And yeah. like, uh, like we have this anxiety for you because we care about you and want to see you to continue to perform for many, many years to come. Yes. But you keep fucking with us. And it's like, it's toying with our emotions quite literally. Yeah. It, and uh, it, that it's not fun uh, as, no. as a fan of him to be like, is he selling or, or right. is, is there an issue? Especially when it, you had Doc Sampson come into the ring and check on. Yeah, I know. It's a it's a boy who cried wolf situation, right. you know, and I don't want it to, to end with, you know, the wolf of uh, <laughs> uh, loss of consciousness, honestly. So in retrospect, what we know is Danielson took that cell to buy himself some time because he realized, oh, shit, I fucked up my arm. Yeah, I need to figure out how we're going to do this finish. I need to figure out how we're going to do the last little bit. It's the match. I need, I need time. Yeah. So they have doc Sampson come in. They're talking that whole thing's going on. And in what is both the most hilarious and most dickish heel moment of Okada's career. <laughs> it's like, fuck that. <laughs> Not even that. He just goes, Hey, don't worry guys. I got this. He's, he's going to be okay. <laughs> and he just like gently pushes Bryce and doc Sampson's side. And looks at Brian and just picks him up and starts going for the fucking Rainmaker. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. This will fix his seizure. I'll knock his yeah. head off his, de- his Yeah, head. yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, cognitive God. recalibration. <laughs> That's what it is. Just need to control all reset Even, that fucking like, cranium. Okada's face and everything was just the most. It's, it's okay, guys. It's okay, we got okay. this. I'm we got this. Don't worry. I'm Okada. It's all right. Do you know who I am? And uh, let's go. And, yeah. Um, uh, later, Danielson also revealed he brought back the yes chance for this match because he needed to figure out how to do something with one arm that would get the crowd yeah. into it. Yeah. Uh, and the finish ended up being Danielson doing the label lock with his legs. Yeah. Because he only had one arm. <laughs> well, it, it was it was like a, a variant version of it, too, yeah. because he had both the one where he had both of uh, Okada's arms behind his back, which looks yes. painful as fuck. Yes. And uh, Okada tapping. Someone looked back. This was Okada's yeah. first tap out finish since Shinsuke Nakamura in 2015. Set, oh, I thought it was 17. Wow, 15. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so been a while. Been a like, while. Holy hell! Yeah. Um, just uh, w- with all of those things in there, that he broke <gasps> his arm. They had to reconfigure the finish. All of yeah. that. I mean, well done to both guys. Sure, but. As the show got closer, I was very much in this place of, I know Omega Osprey is going to be really good. Yeah. But the match I think is going to absolutely whoop my ass with its greatness is Danielson Okada. And and for me, it never got there. Maybe that's on me, that, that I had that weight of well, expectation. 
I mean, they kind of put a heavy expectation on this match as well, yeah. uh, the way it was sold. And, you know, if you know anything about these two competitors, it legitimately is a dream match. Yeah. Um, so I don't think it was on you per se. And I, I felt the same way right after the pay-per-view. We were texting. I said, I never, I never really got into that third gear. Yeah. And obviously we know why. We just figured that they were saving something for, you know, a return match at the Dome or something like that, which right. still might happen depending on how long yeah. it takes to heal a fucking completely broken uh arm because yeah, <laughs> at, at the presser he thought it just was a fracture and then yeah. uh brie danielson posted on her yeah. instagram the x-ray and it's yeah. gnarly like, clean snap like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah make a wish like it's just uh, <laughs> but i mean it is just the one bone it's not both so i guess that's that's a bonus uh, i don't yeah, know bonus uh, oh, okay yeah. i see you. um but <laughs> Hell of a show. Uh, if you didn't check it out, highly recommend it uh, because yeah. it was a great show. It's just, again, the weight of expectation can sometimes uh, adversely affect sure. the perceived yeah. quality of something. The same uh, way as if you have a low bar and it you know punches above, then it seems that much better. I, I it's, the, it's the correlation there. I get it. Yeah. I mean, look, it, it, we just spend uh, 20% of the length of that show talking about it. So, yeah. you know, if that's any indication. <laughs> right. So you, and then you know what you're getting into here. So elsewhere in AEW this week, sort of the fallout for, for, for Forbidden Door. Um, and I guess this is going to be the way we're going to be doing these uh, moving forward because, like, the full show recaps probably aren't going to work considering uh, there's now two shows. Yeah. Two A shows every week plus for right. page. Um, so uh, I, I would say probably a number one story is MJF and Adam Cole. Yes. Uh, they've been put together in this blind draw tournament which has still which, not been fully addressed or explained on television I have, are they going to get a title shot or what, what's the 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 winners get a tag title shot that said okay we only know some of the teams right we don't know the brackets right so we've got mjf and, and adam cole they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna be on dynamite this week against a team unnamed so far but in the bracket, not just a warm-up match. In the tournament. Okay, which we've yet to see fully revealed. Gotcha. And we've got Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen against Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. Right. Darby and OC have been teaming. This yeah. is not a surprise duo. Right. Swerve and Keith Lee were tag champions. Yes, they were. They have a history. If, if this is their way of going... You know what? We should have had three pay-per-views ago, the blow-off match for their feud. Yeah. Let's run that sucker back. Easily three pay-per-views ago, uh, <laughs> if not longer. It seems like this has been going on for a fucking year. It, well, it was. It has almost been a year because yeah. it was a Grand Slam where they lost the titles to the acclaimed. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that was September, for fuck's sake. And it's just – I know Keith Lee and Swerve against OC and Darby is probably going to be very good. Yeah, I mean, you know, Swerve and um, Darby have history, and you know, there's a lot, a lot of moving, a lot of intertwining storylines yes. and lore, if you will, if yeah. you, uh, you know, choose um, to use that word. MJF and Cole, their segments last week, their segments this week, yeah, the unexpected segment during Adam Cole's Twitch stream yesterday. Love which, it. if you haven't seen the clip, you need to watch it right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, just yeah, go yeah. To Adam Cole's Twitch page. It's one of the highlights. Yeah. Um, incredible. Yeah. This, this actively earnest MJF who is seeking both attention and approval. 
right is phenomenal it's it, yeah this is this is a square in the wheelhouse of max's uh abilities right yeah. here because you know but it's also mjf so you know that deep inside his mind there's some ulterior motive here right. uh and so you know those wheels are turning it's it's the you know overly uh enthusiastic but still fake uh sort of uh, uh interest in getting to know his partner and everything like that it's just I mean, the performance is, is perfection. Yeah. Uh, and I I was definitely apprehensive coming out of, you know, the, the, the in ring angle where we found out that it was going to be MJF and Cole teaming together. I I was worried that we were basically just running back the MJF and Sammy story again, especially when the whole segment on dynamite started with, Hey, we're going to party, right, buddy? Yeah. But knowing that there's this twist now of MJF seems to be actively seeking approval. Yeah. Such a fun twist. Yeah. Uh, I, again, especially if you watch the clip. I hope they play the clip from Twitch on Dynamite this week. I'm sure Adam Cole would love that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It would be very, very good for his uh, his stream subscriptions. Plus, but, plus it's different because we know that Adam Cole knows. Yes. You know, Sammy – canonically is a moron yes. so he and never MJF really canonically does not watch the show right that was the, the i loved that too the yeah, whole discussion yeah, yeah. of uh, of roddy being like you don't don't you think he's gonna see all of this yeah yeah yeah, and yeah, yeah. Like, he doesn't watch the show and then yeah. mjf popping up saying like yeah we're gonna leave why what why would i watch the show like yeah <laughs> it was almost like a mel brooksian type joke of you know going to you know fast forward and space balls the video cassette to yes. see where they yeah. are sort of yeah. situation it, there it, it was one of those instances where being meta actually worked yes um, yeah but yeah the the tournament's a mess but the the execution of this mjf cole angle around it Aces all around. Yeah. Uh, uh, no complaints. Yeah. Um, concurrently on the tournament side of things, we've had the Owen Hart tournaments with yeah. men and women start up. We were supposed to have Britt Baker versus Ruby Soho this past Wednesday. Britt ended up being sick. So yeah. that got pushed ahead to this week's Dynamite. But on the men's side, we're now down to the semifinals as it's going to be CM Punk having beat Satoshi Kojima mm-hmm. against Samoa Joe this coming week on Collision. Samoa Joe defeating Roddy Strong in the main event of Collision Ooh. this week. Okay. They did a stretcher angle at the end because oh, uh, Samoa Joe, I mean, yeah, what timing? Samoa Joe did an uh, Emerald Frozen onto a chair Ooh. Uh, for the finish. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. So they, they okay. stretchered out uh, Roddy Strong at the end of the show. So uh, I, 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 I would think maybe Adam Cole would want to get some level of revenge over this, but I don't know. Uh, he's too preoccupied by Max. But uh, Starks ended up beating uh, Juice and uh, Hobbs uh, I, I ended would up hope beating so. Dustin. So we're running back uh, Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks on the other side of the bracket, which cool, really fun. Yeah. Gun to head. I think the finals are Punk and Starks. That would be my guess as well. And that feels like a guy who Punk probably will want to give the the win to, or at least although making losing. Sure, although in terms of just pure hoss fight, uh, Samoa Joe and Hobbs on paper. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> uh, only if they did the G one thing where you had the losers bracket. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that would, would be, be that was something I'd like to watch down the line. They're both heels, so it's not going to happen. But fuck it. I mean, <laughs> let them yeah. let them beat the shit out of each other anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
elsewhere in the world of AEW this week, the guns are now officially part of Bullet Club Gold. So bang, that, bang, gang. that's a thing. Um, also, Fine. as we were talking about earlier, we got the first heel promo. Ooh. Jungle Boy Jack Perry. <laughs> I get chills just thinking about how terrible it was. So he comes out. They take away Tarzan Boy, which, hey, makes about sense. About damn time. I get it. And he even makes a joke. You won't be hearing that song ever again. Okay, cool. I wish you didn't call it crap, though, because yeah. then, you know, you're kind of just. You're, you're shitting on the people you paid money. Yeah, 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 but whatever. But he's coming out in the most I'm a baby face who just turned heel look possible. He's got his yeah. hair pulled back. Again, uh-huh. I would have loved a fresh cut on him. Shades. He's got shades and as much facial hair as four days muster. growth would allow for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely needs to get like fucking Chia Pets up on his face. There's there's, <laughs> uh, uh, there's not a lot going on there. No. And he cuts the most boring yeah. and basic you people promo. Something we've seen hundreds of times before. Nothing yeah. new brought to the table. It wasn't even performed very well. No. Uh, saying that he's uh, – the one line just of I'm still banging the hottest bitch in the back. I'm like, oh, God, get the fuck out of here. Jesus yeah. Christ, you're it, sad. It, exactly. It's it's not, oh, that son of a bitch. It's, yeah. Ugh, that's gross. <laughs> it is. It yeah, is. It is. It is it, uh, in 2023, it is such it doesn't a throwback work. stupid line. Yeah. Uh, no, I doesn't. will say uh, – <laughs> Kyle Fletcher uh, quote tweeting uh, the clip of that and saying, no, he's not. was uh, pretty great. Um, yeah, he's with Sky Blue now, right? Yes, correct. Yeah. Um, I'd watch that. <laughs> who wouldn't you? I mean, we've we've gone through a multitude of lists over the years. There are probably a couple. I probably shouldn't name names. But, you know, <laughs> if it came up, uh, it wouldn't come up if you get my drift. <laughs> so for as bad... As this promo was, and yeah, it I was thought very face bad. Jack Perry was dull as fuck. This yeah. was worse. This <laughs> yes. this was community theater level. Like this 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 bad. Capital B bad. <laughs> community theater. Yeah, that's really good. As yeah. bad as that was, the subsequent chase to the back by yeah. Hook, complete with Jungle Boy diving into a getaway car. Man, Scooby Doo level. <laughs> yeah, if nobody's edited that with the Benny Hill theme, then we're missing out. <laughs> or I mean, like, you can't post you know, it on the, the now, cartoon, like running feet noises or <laughs> something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just amazing. Uh, I, I, I give credit to Brian Alvarez. Uh, he said he was a little bummed that the door on the other side wasn't open, so you saw Jack just go clean through the SUV. Um, which also would have been really smart. Like he he dies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Diversion. He's on the other side of it. The car drives sure. off. He thinks he got one on on Hook, and Hook turns around and sees he's right there. Although Hook was yeah, Hook was right behind him, so he would have been seen him dive right, out. Right. But still, um, but yeah, uh, I, I, that was executed really well. And yeah. do I want to see like Hook get his revenge on Jack Perry? Sure, but for a guy who it seemed appropriately so for the longest time, they're getting behind as yeah this pillar, this this important part of the company. He really in it, man. In the bed. Um, he in it. But speaking of pillars, yeah, New Japan this week. Oh yeah, what happened? I, I don't think I've seen anything. So they took a moment this week on their social media. And it's weird that this was done on social media, but I guess given the way that it works, I, 
don't really think there was an angle that you could do it. They've officially anointed Shota Umino. You, uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, hang on. I'm bringing up the full list. So I, I don't forget. Okay. Ren Narita, uh-huh. Shota Umino, and uh, Yoda Suji. Yeah. They are officially known as the Raiwa era three musketeers. Raiwa era is the current era in Japan. Sure. So they are known as the three musketeers. So they're a faction? No. I'll okay. explain the, the, the historical importance of this. Okay, because I know Suji, Yoda Suji is in LIJ. Yes. And, and uh, Ren Narita is with um, um, uh, Suzuki. Oh, yes. wait, no, no, no. He's with, um, he's with uh, TMDK, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, nevertheless. Yes, okay. The Three Musketeers thing, this is actually uh, a pretty big deal. Okay. So... In the late 80s, early 90s, the three musketeers were the top three guys that were going to take over the company after Inoki. That was Mudo, Chono, and Hashimoto. And okay. they were. They were the top guys through the mid to late 90s, uh-huh. period. Then they anointed the new three musketeers in the early 2000s. And that was Nakamura, Tanahashi, and Shibata. So there. now they're basically calling their shot on Suji, Narita, and Umino as the next top guys. So Okada just left in the dark generationally. He, he's an in-between guy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. And Naito. Osprey, Naito, Abushi, yeah, all these guys who were but in the Omega would events. never get that. Um, would they but, ever anoint a Gaijin, uh, one of the a musketeer? Probably not. I mean, Jay White was probably the closest because he came up through the dojo and everything. That's true. That's true. Uh, but it, it's a, a very... High bar, but also a strong vote of confidence. Sure, yeah. And it absolutely explains the last few months of booking in New Japan, up to and including what we're probably going to see in the G1. So, uh, okay. it, it is a, a not small moment for them to give that tag to them. It, it's, it's almost like the franchise tag in football, where you're just sure. saying, these are our guys, period. Yeah. And they're all probably, what, between 25 and more 2025. 20, I don't even yeah. know how old. Somewhere they are. between Around 20 25. and 30, I would think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know their exact ages, but you know, we've seen them come up as young lions in yeah. recent memory. Yeah. Um, you know, Amino was a young lion, and that's how we got the whole shooter thing. Yeah. Um, so they were part of the same class, same group, all of that. So we'll see what they end up doing with those guys, but it is undoubtedly a, a, a big moment and a big indicator of where all three's futures lie. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And then to wrap things up, we'll go ahead and talk about WWE last night or yesterday afternoon here in the States was money in the bank. We've got two new briefcase holders and uh, we had a very, very big main event. So I'm just going to run through the, uh, excuse me, run through the card real quick. Let me know what happened. Uh, So in the men's money in the bank ladder match, which was Damian Priest, Logan Paul, Butch, Ricochet, Shinsuke Nakamura, LA Knight, and Santos Escobar, Damian Priest, (laughs) ends up winning and getting the briefcase. Okay. Um, I mean, Judgment Day is going pretty strong these days, so you yeah, can't really and, and argue with that. they put Priest in, in some very high-profile situations, most notably yeah. the Bad Bunny match, and he's delivered. So right. I get yeah. it. He's also 40. Um, <laughs> now or never. Yes. Uh, the main thing people were talking about from this, though, and uh, we were even talking about earlier, uh, was Logan Paul and Ricochet in probably the most dangerous spot of a match filled with intentionally dangerous spots. Yeah. This was, this was just stupid. Yeah. I I, I just got to say. So the, 
intent of the spot. Let's talk about the intent versus the execution. Sure. There were two tables on the floor. Mm-hmm. Ricochet and Logan Paul were climbing up the ladder. Right. The ladder was tipped over. I don't know who tipped it, but the it's ladder was tipped over. Yeah. The uh, intent was, oh, it was a Damien Priest who, uh, who tipped and uh, hit Logan okay. Paul. The intent was that both Paul and Ricochet would hit the top rope at the same time and do a Spanish fly. That was the intent? That was the intent. In one fluid motion. Get the fuck out of here. Off the top rope (laughs) through these tables. Okay. In reality, they get tipped over. I think Ricochet's feet hit the top rope. Logan Paul's hit the middle rope. Right. He had a little stumble there. And Ricochet pulls off more of a blockbuster. And they barely get both tables. Yeah, well, they and barely Ricochet, have rotation. And, yeah. Ricochet looked okay, but Paul busted his head wide open on that. Well, yeah, he landed fucking forehead first on the table. Yeah. It's not a, yeah. not a not a clean uh, not a clean rotation. Yeah, that I didn't realize that was the intent of the move. I thought they were like yeah. supposed to like land on the ropes and then climb their way back up and then do it, which makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Uh, even so, if that was the intent, they did not perform that well at all. You, no. You, you gotta, you know, you gotta wait till you have your footing on on a move like that, especially if you're going out of the ring into two fucking tables for Christ's sake. Yeah, it was a, it was a bad week for long distance table spots because I, I <laughs> forgot to mention it. We were talking about AEW yeah, yeah, yeah. earlier, but yeah, Sting, Sting ended up doing this madman dive from the ring onto Sammy, and again supposed to go through two tables together. Yeah, and barely made it. So basically, he headbutt Sammy through a table. Well, and not only that, he uh, he he landed uh, mouth first on Sammy's knees and knocked yeah. the tooth out. Yeah, um, sixty-four so, years old doing this begs the question: Why were the tables so fucking far away? <laughs> I think Darby set it up for what his distance would have been because we know Darby when he jumps, falls, well, does a tope, he goes further I, back. Sure, but still, if if this was the plan, oh yeah, if it was going to be Sting, then set it up for fucking closer. Sting. Yeah, um, but. but I digress. Yeah. Uh, I was yeah. starting to sound like Taz. <laughs> <laughs> right oh, no, we're never going to hear that again. Uh, oh, we'll have the memories. RIP. Anyway. Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan are your new women's tag team champions as they defeated Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler as Shayna okay. turned on Ronda. They're trying for another Ronda face turn. Okay. I mean, a, a Baszler-Rousey match has some intrigue on paper i'll say sure sure especially um, because they know each other so well sure yeah, yeah, the, yeah the possibility i mean the the likelihood that this is a match that they've been planning through in their for heads years, for years yeah. yeah pretty high yeah um so although it does i've always kind of been a fan of baszler but if she's yeah. such a good friend of rousey it kind of makes me question some <laughs> things about shana baszler but i digress yeah Matt Riddle, no, not, excuse me, not Matt Riddle. Gunther retained the Intercontinental Championship over Matt Riddle. You mean Walter? Uh, yes, Walter yeah. uh, retained the IC title. <laughs> uh, this definitely punched below its grade. As really? It only went about eight minutes. Uh, I will say the finish was inspired as Gunther, Walter, whatever you want to call him, yeah. chopped the fuck out of Matt Riddle's feet and Ooh. then put him in an ankle lock for the nice. finish. Okay, yeah, that's clever. Yeah. How how over has them out? Did, did you see the the pop for Walter and uh oh, it's strong. strong. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean I mean I would hope so. so, of course. Yeah. 
Uh, Post match, Drew McIntyre returned and uh, attacked Gunther Valter, so they're going to be running that back for the IC belt. Okay. Um, of course, they had to take their moment where Michael Cole said, The rumors of Drew McIntyre's demise are not true. Were there rumors the whole, of his demise? Not, not his demise, to be leaving the company. Oh. Yeah. Stupid. Was that, his that was, his that contract's was not even up till the end of the year. So Okay. And well. to my understanding, they still have not signed a new deal. So uh-huh. yeah, pat yourself on the back so hard that you break a shoulder, guys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Cody, high fives. Cody Rhodes defeated Dominic Mysterio. No surprise there. Sure. Surprise, John Cena shows up. Okay. And this was an extended promo, both for him to just talk to the London crowd and then ultimately have a back and forth with some young up and comer, which in this case was Grayson Waller, who actually kind of stood toe to toe with Cena on the mic, unlike everyone else he's been in the ring with in recent years. Right. Yes. Yeah, C theory. Um, that said, Waller did end up eating an AA. What was John Cena's current hair situation? He wore his hat. Good man. Yeah. Good man. I don't understand that at all. Till you get those hair plugs, uh, wear a hat, Johnny. Yeah. Um, he did take a moment, though, to talk about how, you know what? Guys in the back didn't tell me to do this. The decision makers, they don't really know how they feel about London. Uh-huh. How about you show them what it would be like if they brought a WrestleMania to London? Oh, yeah, sure. You weren't put up to that at all, John. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and why do I feel like the venue that they want to run it at rhymes with Schmedley? Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Christ, Vince, you're pathetic. Yeah. Uh, between that and the uh, fact that on Thursday, the release date of AEW Fight Forever, they decided to drop the price on WWE 2K23 and suddenly start promoting <laughs> it again on WWE television. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's scared. Yeah. Yeah. Not but hurt at all. Yeah. Women's Money in the Bank, Bailey, EO Sky, Becky, Becky Lynch, Zelina Vega, Zoe Stark, and Trish Stratus. EO Sky ends up winning it. I, I That's awesome. Yes. I'm surprised that Trish Stratus in the year of our Lord 2023 is signing up to do a fucking ladder match. She did take a lot of bumps on her feet, but still, <laughs> uh, 47 yeah. years old doing a ladder match. Yeah. About as crazy as Christian doing a ladder match a few weeks back. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, the, 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 but plus, uh, Stratus doesn't have a history of neck and uh, head damage either. True, true. To that extent, at least. Yeah. They're um, both Canadian, so mm-hmm. it says something about the healthcare system up there. It does. <laughs> uh, Seth Rollins retained the World Heavyweight Championship over Finn Balor. Uh, this match actually had some really decent build, especially the Monday before the pay-per-view, because they had Finn cut this promo where they cut in like footage from the SummerSlam match and all of that. Mm, okay. It basically put it over as like, I've been waiting for this moment for seven years to get back. Yeah. What was mine to get my revenge on you? Like, like the initial universal title match. Yes. That's the one you're talking yeah. Okay. Wow. So they, they did a really good job of, of tying in the history to it. That said, the match definitely seemed to have, have had time cut as it only went just about 13 minutes. Mm, that's a bummer. Um, the belief is John went, went long in his promo. Oh, so. Cena. Um, but I mean, it's a PLE, right? They could go, they could go over if they needed to. I know, man, but that's what it was. Are, are the cock overlords going to say no? I mean, <laughs> true. Masters I mean, the they, they don't cut off fucking, uh, premier league soccer when those games run. Right. Long, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Damian Priest did end up coming out with the uh, Money in the Bank briefcase during the match, but uh, he did not cash it in. He just basically served as a distraction throughout the match for Rollins. Gotcha. Um, Balor uh, went for uh, a drop kick, went to the top for the coup de gras, but he stopped as Damian Priest started to look into the ring. So they're building some tension there. Uh-huh. Uh, Balor goes for the coup de gras. Afterwards, Rollins moves, hits the curb stop for the win. And Balor and Damian Priest argued post-match. So hmm. that's probably the direction for SummerSlam. The uh, Judgment Day explodes. I mean, they seem to be riding pretty high. Uh, you know, the Dom and Rhea stuff still getting a lot of at least because i only see wwe stuff on social media so it's getting a lot of it's very attention over. there it's also very maybe over. my algorithm has been uh changed the amount of time i go to rhea ripley's instagram but <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's the reason why but uh you know that's neither here nor there i also saw that they did the uh the abbey road uh photo shoot yes. as judgment day which was a nice piece of work yes uh appropriate to do so i feel yeah uh, then the main event was, of course, the Bloodline Civil War, where it was the Usos against Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa. Uh-huh. You will be not surprised to find out this match went almost 33 minutes. Was it acting and was it cinema? Um, I mean, certainly the worst people on Twitter, while they could post, posted yeah. that it was. Okay. Um, but uh, the first half of the match was kind of middling and the second half was... I'll be honest, hot fire, okay. uh, a lot of, you know, hot back and forth. I mean, the Usos have always been very good at their finishes and, and this was no yeah. different as the perfect WWE style tag team. Yes. Uh, and Jay Uso gets to be the, the first person since 2019 Jesus. to pin Roman Reigns. Wow. Yes. So, okay. Uh, you you would have understandably thought that Solo Sokoa would be the one eating the fall. Yeah. But instead, Roman ate the fall. Jay pinned him clean. Wow. And uh, would you like to guess who was the last person who got to pin Roman Reigns before Jay Uso? It was 2019, you 2019, said? 2019. Was... TLC 2019. TLC 2019. Uh, um, Brock Lesnar? No. It does start with a B, though. Uh, Butch Baron Corbin. Holy shit. <laughs> this was the feud where he made Roman eat dog food. Oh, yeah. He was the big dog. Wow. Yeah. That's Terrible. how long it was pre COVID. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, now yeah. we find ourselves back into prime COVID era as the bloodline feud continues to go back to exactly where it started with Jay Uso. <laughs> against Roman Reigns, presumably headlining SummerSlam this year. Wow. All right. That's certainly a choice. Yes. And we thank you for making the choice to join oh, us here at that's the it. Fast. That's all we got? Okay. Yeah, that's all we got uh, this week. Okay. Uh, next week, you know, Dynamite's looking good. We've got only one uh, singles match announced. We talked about the, the blind tag matches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kenny Omega against Wheeler Yuta, which... Either okay. it's going to be a murdering of Wheeler Yuta or actually could be a really good match. We'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. And yeah. Well, I mean, so, all right, just to circle back to that and then we'll, we'll get out of here. So yeah. they announced Blood and Guts coming up at the end of the month yes. in Boston, BCC yeah. versus the Elite. Mm-hmm. So that's typically five on five, right? Right now, uh, I'm not sure because Kingston is going to be in Japan because okay. he's, he's literally facing evil that day. Okay. Yeah, that's impossible. 
And Danielson isn't going to be around. Yeah. So right now the BCC would be Mox, Claudio, Yuta, and Takeshita. Right. And then the elite would be Kenny, Page, and the Bucks. So that'd be four on four. Okay. All right. Well, there's still a couple of weeks to recruit one more for each. Yeah. Not sure. You know, I'm still holding on to my hope that Ibushi pops up. Same. Same. Um, you know, because they, they did leave that – that thread is still dangling of – Yeah, uh, uh, up to and including of, Osprey doing uh, the Kamigoye for uh, an earful. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's right. Yeah, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens there. And uh, hey, fucking Raw is in town tomorrow night. <laughs> Oh yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Have fun. I'm not going. <laughs> <laughs> the Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast fueled by coffee, pizza rolls, and the stench of dirty litter boxes. Follow Christoph and Marty on Twitter at RoughhouseSGW at Facebook.com slash the Roughhouse Podcast and at Patreon.com slash the Roughhouse Podcast for early access to episodes, exclusive podcasts, Roughhouse Redos, and Roughhouse Divided movie trivia games. New episodes drop every single Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe, motherfuckers! This is the, the Rough House, Rough House uh, podcast with Justin and Kristoff. That's it. Fuck Kristoff. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Marty and my least favorite man on the planet, Kristoff. El Torito brand salsa. The only salsa meant for midgets. It comes with half as much corn, half as many tomatoes, and a half portion of freshly grown bell peppers. Half as spicy as other salsas on the market. El Torito. The only dip worth the chip of the short ones. El Torito.